the day before Thanksgiving, an elderly man in Phoenix called his son in New York and said to him, son, I hate to ruin your day, but I have to tell you that you and your mother and I are divorcing. 45 years of misery is enough. We're sick of each other, so we're getting a divorce. Will you please call your sister in Chicago and tell her? Thanks. Well, frantic, the son called his sister, who exploded on the phone. No way they're getting divorced, she said. I'll take care of this. So she called her dad in Phoenix immediately, said to him, you are not getting divorced. Don't do a single thing until I get there. You hear me? I'm calling my brother back, and we'll both be there tomorrow. Until then, don't do anything. Do you hear me? I hung up the phone. The man hung up his phone, turned to his wife and said, okay, honey, both kids are coming for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and they're even paying for their flights. Well, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? You know, are you going to visit your loved ones, your relatives, or are your family and friends coming to celebrate the holiday with you? And even more importantly, are they paying for their own tickets to come and see you? <laughs> Either way, I want us to think about Thanksgiving for a little while this morning. What it truly means, Thanksgiving is here. What does that mean? Do we know? What, what is Thanksgiving? Well, Thanksgiving is not just November 28th this year. Thanksgiving is not just one day a year, any time. We should give thanks every day. Thanksgiving is just a date on the calendar anyway. It is an attitude. We like to say an attitude of gratitude. Thanksgiving is an attitude of thankfulness for everything God brings our way. Now, we've got to think about that. Everything God brings our way. It is gratitude for the blessings that God has given us, and even for some of those things he brings us that we might not normally call blessings. Thanksgiving is a mindset, a mindset of peace and contentment. Thanksgiving is an attitude of satisfaction with whatever we have or don't have at any particular time in our lives. It is kind of this whatever attitude that we give up to God, allowing Him to be the one to determine what we will or will not have in our lives. Thanksgiving is here in these ideas and these concepts, not just in a holiday on our November calendar. More than anything else, Thanksgiving is an attitude. Thanksgiving is an attitude and one of the most important attitudes we can ever have. Veteran preacher Chuck Swindoll said, and he's now 85 years old, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than the facts. It is more important than success than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or skill. It will make or break a company, a church, a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we will embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people will act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me 
and 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you, he says. We are in charge of our attitudes. Do you agree? I do. I think attitudes are huge. So what is our basic attitude? You know, not, not just Thanksgiving Day, but right now, what is our basic attitude? Is it an attitude of thanksgiving? Are we among the ranks of those who are thankful? Or are we still among the ranks of those who are grumblers and complainers? We will each decide which group we're going to be in. The grumblers or the grateful. And the result of that choice is either joy or misery. We will either make the best of the life we've been given or the worst of the life we have been given. One of the most startling examples of grumbling anywhere was the Israelites. The Israelites who had just come out of the wilderness, uh, into the wilderness between their exodus from Egypt, their entrance into Canaan, the promised land. There's a span uh, of land and a span of time in their lives that they complained and they grumbled almost without stop. Their grumbling was a sign that their hearts were not right with God. And so over the next 40 years, all the adults of that generation perished in the wilderness. Listen to the Apostle Paul as he gives a summary of their lives. And this actually comes from a New Testament passage, 1 Corinthians 10. For I do not want you to be ignorant of the fact, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud and that they all passed through the sea, that's the Red Sea, they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock was Christ. So here these people are the inheritors of all these blessings, all this protection from God. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality, as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ, as some of them did, and were killed by snakes. And then listen to this. And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. More than anything else, thanksgiving is an attitude, an attitude that we choose to have. It is an attitude of giving thanks rather than complaining about what we have or do not have. Thanksgiving is both vertical and horizontal. Usually we think of thanksgiving only as a vertical activity. We think of thanksgiving as lifting our eyes heavenward to God and thanking God for the blessings that he's brought to our lives. This has been the very purpose since... Uh, President George Washington proclaimed this national holiday over 200 years ago. But there is also a horizontal dimension to thanksgiving. And not just that we're supposed to thank people as well as thank God. It is about a change that occurs in our hearts toward people when we are truly grateful to God. For when we are thankful to God for everything he brings us, we also experience an attitude change toward the people he brings into our lives. Our attitude and perspective toward other people changes when God helps us to be grateful and content in our circumstances. So I want us to read a passage today from Colossians chapter 3. 
We're going to read from Colossians 3, 15 through 17. But before we read this, let me ask you this. Have you ever read the book of Colossians? I imagine some have not really looked at this book. So let me give you a, a quick understanding of what this is. This is another one of Paul's letters, the Apostle Paul, writing to a church in a city called Colossae. And in the first half of this letter, which we were not going to take time to read, Paul talks about Jesus, the sufficiency of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And it's an amazing summary of Paul's Christology, we call it, his view of Christ, his understanding of Jesus Christ. And he says here that Jesus alone is sufficient to save us. He's the only one that can do this. He says that Jesus is the one, in fact, who holds our whole world together, you know. And he says that Jesus is head and shoulders above everyone and everything else in the universe. And so that's kind of like a vertical part of this letter, just directing us up to Jesus and amazing information, understanding about Jesus. And then in the second half of Paul's letter, he kind of gives a mini ethics course, addressing every area of a Christian's life and relationships. He tells us how we're supposed to live as husbands or wives or parents or children or bosses or workers. He tells us how a Christian is supposed to conduct themselves living among other people in this world, day-to-day -day life with other people, and that's the horizontal part of the letter. And sandwiched in between these two parts is the passage that we're going to read together. I see in this passage and in the letter both the vertical and the horizontal dimensions of life. So we're going to read from Colossians 3, 15 through 17. Notice the words, be thankful, gratitude, and giving thanks. And this is the very reason I chose this passage in the first place for this Sunday before Thanksgiving. Here we go. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Let's think about different parts of this for just a moment. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. We know that Jesus is our peace, isn't he? We have no peace without Jesus. He made peace for us with God. He makes peace for us with other people. He calms the storms of our lives, whatever they may be. And Paul says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let it reign in your hearts. In other words, let his peace overflow into every part of your heart and watch over whatever your heart thinks or does, or desires. Let his peace govern how you relate to other people. As members of one body, the body of Christ, we were called to peace, Paul says. And we were only able to live in peace with each other because of Jesus. And then he says, and be thankful. Thanksgiving is a choice. It's not determined, not governed by our circumstances. Paul doesn't say, well, try to be thankful whenever you can be. Or, you know, be thankful whenever your circumstances make you feel thankful. He says, and be thankful. <laughs> be thankful at all times, in all situations. And then he says, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and you admonish 
one another. That's the activity of the body of Christ, helping each other. Remind each other often, Paul is saying, of the goodness and the grace of Jesus Christ. Keep calling each other back to the life that we have been given in Christ. That's one of the greatest values of coming together on Sundays or in Bible studies or small groups, that we continually admonish and strengthen each other in the body of Christ. Then he says, do this by singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. There's gratitude again. Our psalms, our hymns, our songs encourage our faithfulness to God as we join together in worship, especially when there is sincere gratitude in our hearts. It's not just words on a screen, but those words call forth a deep emotion from the experiences we've had in Christ. And then he says, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. No matter what may happen, whatever you may choose to do, do it all in Jesus' name. Do it under his authority. Do it with his blessing. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. So that our attitude of gratitude just needs, needs to keep on growing until it permeates every part of our being, every aspect of our lives. Thanksgiving, you see, is both vertical and horizontal. Let's think about that for a minute. Thanksgiving is vertical. Heard about a little boy that was asked to offer up the Thanksgiving Day prayer for his family, and he prayed this. He said, Dear God, this is Jimmy. Thank you for Thanksgiving and Christmas and all the other holidays. Thank you for the turkey and dressing and mom and dad, and even for my little sister, even though sometimes she can be a pain. Thank you for books and TV and my Xbox. Thank you for loving us. Oh, yeah, and take care of yourself, because without you, we're sunk. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Pretty sincere prayer. In giving thanks, we realize everything we have has come from God. We lift our eyes to heaven and give thanks to our Father God. This is not automatic. We know this is not just something you punch a button and out comes gratitude. In fact, it is often rare to see such gratitude because it's a choice. The story of the ten lepers that Jesus healed is a good example of this. One day Jesus came upon ten men who suffered from leprosy. None of them was allowed to live with their families or remain in their hometowns. They just huddled together, you know, in a kind of a leper colony in the outskirts of town, out in the wilderness, somehow eking out an existence. And Jesus saw them. Luke 17 Verse 12, as he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, Jesus came upon these men in a desperate situation and totally changed their lives. He healed them with a word. You know, all he said was, go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went... They were healed of all this horror, of all this, uh, you know, the worst circumstances they could even imagine in their lives. 
These ten men had been forbidden to enter their own villages, to live in their own homes, to work their own jobs, even to touch their own children. Imagine what unrestrained joy must have filled their hearts as they ran back home again. And only one of them came back to thank Jesus. Only one sought to thank the person that had blessed him beyond measure. And even remarkable is the fact that he was a Samaritan, someone that the Jews hated. He was so grateful to God for what he had been given that he came back to thank Jesus. Thanksgiving is vertical. In our vertical thanksgiving, we can also learn to be grateful and more. We can learn to be content. Paul calls it the secret of contentment. Content with whatever God gives us at any point in our lives. Are you content today? Are you content if you would never have more than you have now? Or even what you have might be taken away. We can learn in gratitude to be at peace. Not stressed out. Not in turmoil in life as we remember that God is in charge. Gratitude is an opportunity to remember that we're not in charge. We can't control this. And as we said, all that we can control is our attitude and our trust. Perhaps Daniel Defoe gave us some good advice through his fictitious character, Robinson Crusoe. I remember that he alone survived shipwreck in the middle of a vast ocean. And he tells us that the first thing that Crusoe did when he found himself on a deserted island was to make out a list. On one side of the list, he wrote down all of his problems. And on the other side of the list, he wrote down all of his blessings. So on one side, he wrote, I do not have any clothes. On the other side, he wrote, but it's warm and I don't really need any. <laughs> on one side, he wrote, all of the provisions were lost. But on the other side, he wrote, but there's plenty of fresh fruit and water on this island. And on down the list, he went. In this fashion, he discovered that for every negative aspect about his situation, there was a positive aspect, something to be thankful for. And so we discover sometimes it's easy to find ourselves on an island of despair. Woe is me. Look at all the trouble I have. Look at what I need to do, and I don't have the resources to do it. Look at what I'm missing. Perhaps it is time that we sit down and take an inventory of our blessings and that the many things that God is doing to take care of us even some of the things that we might not normally thank him for, but we realize it's all part of the picture, part of the plan. And it may be that there are some of us here today that are long, long overdue in expressing our thanks to God. Thanksgiving is vertical. But Thanksgiving is also horizontal. I want you to really catch this today. Thanksgiving to God changes our attitude toward other people. As we give thanks to God... We should ask God to change our bad attitudes toward other people. You know, we have them. Let's admit it. In giving thanks, we can learn to be at peace with others. Some of the people we're not so much at peace with. In giving thanks, we can learn humility, not pride. In giving thanks, we can learn servant-heartedness rather than selfishness. And as we open our hearts to God, He changes the way we look at other people if we let Him. Well, what are some of these bad attitudes? I'm just going to look at a couple of these, maybe, maybe three common bad attitudes that we have. One of those is resentment. Maybe it's resentment that's in your life, you know, just kind of nursing this grudge. Just somebody's hurt you. Somebody has offended you. You may or may not have tried to resolve the issue. Maybe you tried and they just wouldn't listen. They wouldn't be a part of it. 
but you may or may not have tried to forgive them, and this problem is still there. It's still kind of just hanging over things. And so now you find yourself nursing this grudge, carrying it along month after month and year after year. You live in unforgiveness, and guess what? It's killing you. They may not even know how much it's hurting you, but it's hurting you every day. And God, if you're grateful for everything, can help you see that that person uh, is different than maybe you imagined. You can see them in a different light. You can see them from his perspective. And your thanksgiving can help you overcome your resentment. Maybe another bad problem that we have, bad attitude is jealousy or envy. You're jealous of someone else or envious of what they possess. It's eating you up inside because you're focused on these external, temporary things instead of what really counts, eternal things. Henry Blackaby said, Jealousy is an abomination in the life of a Christian. God has made us his children. None of us deserves to be God's child, so there's no need to compare our blessings with those of other children of God. (laughs) Jealousy is self-centeredness at its worst. Jealousy robs us of joy. And chokes out of our contentment. Jealousy hardens the heart and stifles gratitude. Jealousy assumes that God's resources are too limited for him to bless another and still bless us. So watch over your heart, he says. If you find yourself unable to rejoice in the success of others, beware. Do not let jealousy taint your heart. Repent before it robs you of any more of the joy and contentment. God desires for you. A final bad attitude that I'll mention, there could be many more, is just criticism, or we might call it condemnation. You know, when you have this attitude, you can look down the nose at someone else and say, they're just not cutting it. They're not measuring up. They're not person worthy of, you know, God's love or my love. We look down on other people for their shortcomings, not remembering the grace of God that we need as well. Sometimes now that we are forgiven, blessed by God, we criticize other people that are still trapped in their sins of this world. But being truly grateful of the grace that we've been forgiven, that has forgiven us of our sins, makes us more forgiving. And Jesus even made that, you know, a a part of his prayer, his model prayer, you know, uh, forgive others as you have forgiven me. Do you want that really? If you've been unforgiving yourself. And so something to be learned, not to be critical and condemning of others. Our thanksgiving to God changes the way we look at and relate to other people. These bad attitudes are replaced by God's grace and unconditional love and even servant-heartedness. Lord, make me an instrument of thy peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console. To be understood as to understand. To be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned. It is in dying that we are born unto eternal life. You see, Thanksgiving is here. Thanksgiving is in our hearts. It is both vertical and horizontal. In our hearts, we thank God for whatever He brings our way, including the people He may bring into our lives. 
and then we ask God to help us see them and love them as he does. And so this morning, I want to ask you, have you truly given thanks to God from the bottom of your heart, what's in here? Have you truly surrendered your heart to Jesus to let him do whatever he wants to do in your life or in mine? Pastor Bruce Larson tells how he helped people struggling to surrender their lives to Christ. He says, for many years, I worked in New York City and I counseled at my office any number of people who were wrestling with this yes or no decision. You know, will I surrender my life to Christ? Often I would suggest that they walk with me from my office down to the RCA building on Fifth Avenue. And in the entrance of that building was a gigantic statue of Atlas, a beautifully proportioned man who with all his muscles straining is holding the world on his shoulders. There he is, the most powerfully built man in the world, and he can barely stand up under this burden. And then I say to them, now that's one way to live, trying to carry the world on your shoulders. But now come across the street with me. And so we would cross the other side of Fifth Avenue, and we go into St. Patrick's Cathedral. And there behind the high altar is a little shrine of the boy Jesus, perhaps only eight or nine years old, and with no effort, he's holding the world in his hand. My point is illustrated graphically and powerfully. We have a choice. We can carry the world on our shoulders. Or we can say, Lord, here's my life. I give you my world, the whole world. Thanksgiving is right here. Let's pray. Lord, we have so much to learn. We carry around uh, these little petty things that end up bringing illness to ourselves, either spiritually, emotionally, physically. Um, we carry around grudges. We uh, look critically at others and refuse to see our own faults. But all of these things, Lord, are impacted by our gratitude that if we are truly grateful to you and we truly understand what you're doing in our lives, it changes the way we look at things. It changes our very attitude, our core attitude. And what's going on in our hearts is a true reflection of our faith. Do we trust you? Do we trust you implicitly? Do we trust you with everything? Do we trust you with our circumstances? Do we trust you with our families? Do we trust you with our jobs? Do we trust you with our physical, uh, material things? Do we trust you with our goals and dreams and desires? And we pray today, Lord, that you would uh, be working in our hearts. As we enter this Thanksgiving season, and our hearts are already kind of leaning that way, teach us what it means to have a truly thankful heart and the difference that that makes in our relationship with you, our relationship with everyone around us. We thank you for the peace of Christ that has brought peace between you and us and can bring peace between us and everyone else. We thank you, Lord, for the difference that you're making day to day, and we pray that our hearts will be truly devoted to you as we live them before you for whatever days you give us still here on earth. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs>